Uh, welcome to our last day of our summer concert series, 2019, The Gospel According to Disney. We've looked at The Lion King. We've looked at The Incredibles. What did we look at last week? Wreck it, Ralph. This week, they were asking me, What's, what, what are we looking at? I said, We're just going to look at the gospel according to Disney. And so I don't really have one particular movie. We're going to cover a whole lot. But anybody else growing up watching Disney? Anybody? Now, I covered this, but anybody grow up watching? Do you remember the wonderful world of Disney that came on on Sunday evenings only? Anybody remember watching those movies? Y'all weren't raised like me. Uh, we had church on Sunday nights back then. And so the only way I could watch those, if something really good was coming on that I wanted to see, my mama, mom's mom would allow me to play sick, and she would sit at home because we, they lived right next to the church. So I grew up watching that, and, and, and so I, I kind of lost track of Disney and their movies until Kennedy came along. And, and then I rediscovered the power of Disney movies and, and, and animated movies. And, and, of course, Kennedy loved the little princesses uh, that were in, in all the movies. And, but Disney had, and still does, had this ability to capture our hearts and our attention. I, I mean, it does. If it, think about it. From, from Disney's first movie released in 1937, which was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, between that movie and between the, or the Lion King, they're able to capture our hearts and our attention. And most people had their favorite Disney moment in a movie. If you're romantic, you like the spaghetti kiss from Lady and the Tramp. Come on, listen. To me, that's just the most disgusting thing. <laughs> I, I'm just now learning to like my wife eating off my plate, much less us eating the same food. Till, I, I'm just thinking... Come on now. Uh, or the, the drama, if you like drama, the opening scene of The Lion King, you know, where Rafiki takes little Simon and holds him up, and you've got the drums banging. And if you need a more vivid picture, uh, just think about Casey when he held little Kenley and dropped her off the church. He didn't really drop her back. Or even the, uh, the non-animated movies. One of my wife's favorite, when Haley and Annie find out they're twins in what? The Parent Trap. Uh, so you've got these. Maybe it's a buddy movie. You like the buddy? Come on. You, you've got Timon and Pumbaa. You've got uh, Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Maybe you like, oh, we got some Lightyear or Buzz fans. Uh, maybe you like, you, you know, the, their catchphrase. What, what was his catchphrase? To infinity and beyond. You know, maybe you like uh, movies that uh, have a happily ever after. Take your pick. Take your pick. Uh, tr truth growing up, though, these, these movies weren't just simply entertainment, guys. Uh, they become part of our lives. Here, here's what I believe. Those movies and fairy tales, they enabled us to dream of a world and imagine a place, get this, where good actually does overcome evil. They helped us to imagine a dream of a world where the person that feels like they've got nothing to offer, by the end of it, they're the hero. And they were, able get, they were able to let us dream. Even writers like J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, they believe that fairy tales and myths, get this, could be a reflection of us being created in the image of God and our longing for God to set things right. 
Now, I'll say this, J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, they also thought uh, that uh, Walt Disney, uh, they weren't a big fan of Walt Disney. But the main reason was because he wasn't educated. That was their big reason. And they thought, imagine what he could have done if he had went to school. Anybody know any Tolkien movies? Anybody know any? You know, but compared to, compared to Disney movies, you want to hold them up to each other? Come on. Uh, and so having four kids and now three grandkids, I have seen lots and lots of Disney movies. And I can tell you this. Every di great Disney movie has ten things in it. Ten things in it. I, I asked Kennedy and them. I said, what, what does every great Disney movie? And they started naming some things. I said, here, let me just read you my list. Because they weren't hitting any of mine. <laughs> so, one, every great Disney movie has a hero. Right? Or a hero in the making. Hero in the making. Lion King has Simba, uh, whose life and his identity, he loses his, his identity, rediscovers it. The Little Mermaid has Ariel, who at 16 year old, she sets out to bring the world of mer, mer people and humans together. You've got Moana. Any Moana fans? I almost did a message with her, but I didn't. Uh, anyway, uh, you got Dumbo. This young elephant that's got these huge ears and, and gets made to believe that this is a defect that is a glitch. But what he was told was a defect or glitch, you might remember last week, turned out to be the very thing that enabled him to fly. Come on. And he discovers who he is. Frozen had two sisters, Anna and Elsa. They go on a journey to discover their identity. The Incredibles, Violet, Dash, Jack-Jack, along with mom and dad, they discover their identity while mom and dad re-own their identity, rediscover it. Anybody sense the theme here? Identity. Identity. Discovering who you are or becoming the hero you were made to be. Disney loves their heroes. You know what else does? The Bible. The Bible gives us a lot of heroes. Some young, some older. And, and you're, can I tell you this? You are never too young to be used by God. Are you hearing me? Never too young. Think about it. Look at David. David takes down Goliath. Most theologians believe he was right at around 15 to 16 years old when he took out Goliath. Uh, you've got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Anybody remember them? They were thrown into this furnace, and, and, and you know, they, they refused to bow, throws them into the furnace. He, uh, the king looks in and says, man, I, I see the Son of God in there, and it changes the whole atmosphere and environment of a kingdom. Guess how old they were? Most believe they were between 11 and 14 years old. The disciples, the ones that they, the, the, the people said, these are the ones that have turned the world upside down. They were between 14 to 18-year-old. Only one was, was 20, and that was Peter. Rest of them were between 14 to 18 years old. You are never too young for God to use you. Amen. Amen. Come on now. I know y'all smell the food. You want me to get done preaching quicker? Get with me. Um, on, the on the flip side, you are never too old to be used by God. Moses. He didn't really start his ministry until he was 80. Joshua, somewhere between 68 and 78 when he began to lead Israel. Uh, Caleb, he was 85 years old when he said, hey, I still feel like a 40-year-old. Give me my land. 
Give me my land. Uh, Abraham and Sarah? Abraham was 100 years old. Sarah was 90. When God showed up and said, you're going to have baby. And Abraham said, uh, God, I think you knocked on the wrong door. Because I'm really old. She's really old. And, and there's no way. But I'm going to tell you this, which brings me to my first point. Never use age. Never use age as an excuse when the opportunity comes for you to trust God. When the opportunity comes, never use age. I'm too young. I'm too old. In fact, God lays out his desire for, for us in, in, through a prophet Joel in Joel 2.28 when he says this. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will do what? Old men, your old women will dream dreams. That means if you've got a double ARP card. You're drawing Social Security. Hey, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I take advantage of these things. My wife, we went to, uh, where was it? Uh, Golden Corral. And, and she gets a senior discount. <laughs> they rang up two seniors. Did you hear me fuss saying, I'm not that old? No, I take that $4 discount any day. Because it's $8 when you get between the two of us. But it's not, listen, just because you're older, you may have been retired. You may, it's not time to stop dreaming. In fact, in the words of Stephen Tyler, dream on. Dream on. Come on, dream on. It's time to start dreaming. And, and, and then he goes, and your young men will see visions. If you're young, if you're somewhere 50 and under, God is wanting to ignite a vision in you that can transform not only your life, but the life of generations to come. He wants to do that. Don't use your age as an excuse. Are you with me? Every Disney movie has a hero. Another thing every Disney movie has, a loyal sidekick. Come on now. Lilo had Stitch. Simba had Timon. Elsa had Anna. Nemo had Dory. Pinocchio had Jiminy Cricket. Let's go to something y'all recognize. Uh, Woody had, Ariel had, Flounder. Mm, gosh, there we go. Jack Sparrow had, Will Turner. What did he say? I didn't even hear him. I still don't understand what he said. See, today I only speak Tennessee. Uh, but here's the thing. Our need for relationships. And friendships and our need for people we can count on show up. They show up in almost every Disney movie. The fact we need somebody like that in our life. We need that loyal person. And it reminds us of this. You were never meant to do life alone. Ever. You were never. And in fact, get this. Together is not only better. Good friends, family not only make life better. They make you better at life. Together is not only better, it's essential. And those people not only make life better, they make you better at life. See, I think it's important to speak truth to yourself. I, I do. But I equally think it's important to have people in your life that can speak truth into you when you're just not feeling it. Come on. To surround yourself. Can, and I, let me, can I say this? Watch who you allow to speak into your life. I, I'm going to go a step farther further. 
father further. Um, is this. Watch who you allow to post on your Facebook page and speak into your life. That's really good stuff. Because I, I look at some of you and what you're allowing to feed into your system, and I think, no wonder they're depressed. No wonder they're having a good time. No wonder they, they got a bad attitude because of what they're allowing to show up on your page. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15.33 gave this warning. Bad company corrupts good character. In other words, if you hang out with this, this person, this group of people, uh, uh, a whole lot, a whole lot, you're continually, that's all you hang out with, well, don't be surprised when you, when you turn out just like them. In fact, I heard one pastor say it like this. He said, hey, he said, when you, uh, I, he said, I can look who you hang out with every day and I can tell you what your future looks like. I'm telling you, what if you if you hang out with people that continually gossip? Oh man, I'm, it's it's gonna get quiet. Well, Kelly, what if it's true? That's not gossip if it's true. Well, let me give you a great definition of what gossip is. When you talk about people or situations when you're not part of the problem and you can't be part of the solution, it's gossip. When you're not part of the problem and you can't be part of the solution, it's gossip. It's gossip, and you need to shut it down. Amen, Kelly. If you're constantly hanging out with people that gossip, bring negative to every, negativity to everything, that cause you to straddle the fence in your relationship with God, come on, are you with me? If you're constantly hanging with those people that just suck the life out of you, suck faith out of you, positivity out of you, it's time for you to have a hard conversation with those friends and say, listen, I love you, but if something doesn't change, we can't hang out together anymore. You're going to have to have those conversations with them. I, I, I'm not saying that you just go off on them, but you do stop and you say, hey, listen. And you know, If you were at the marriage conference, even Chris addressed this. He's, he, he talked about, he said, you got women that'll sit around and all they do is talk about their husbands, how bad their husbands are, vice versa. He said, if that's a group, you need to stop and say, listen, ladies, a lot of times when we hang out together, all we're doing is bad-mouthing our husbands. And we can't do that. And if that's what this is going to be, then I can't be part of this in the same way with men. I'm telling you, 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 you say, Kelly, have you ever done that when somebody's come to you and talk? I, absolutely. Denise knows this story. When we first came here, I hadn't been here long at all. Had somebody want to meet with me, they came into my office. They began to tell me all the bad things about somebody that I need to be aware of. I said, hold on a minute. I tell you what, let me call them on the phone and get them to come into the office. And let's work. Oh, no, 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 you can't tell them. I, I, t- I said, then, then as far as I'm concerned, I don't know anything about it because you want me to do your dirty work. And I'm going to tell you, you do that enough where you shut them down, you shut them enough, they'll quit coming to you with your garbage. But as long as you're a receptacle for that garbage, they'll keep dumping it in you. You shut them down. That is a good word. Maybe, I don't know, maybe y'all like to eat garbage. But I'm going to tell you, it's funny. People, if you say, well, like, just keep coming to me, coming to me. You know why? Because they've learned you'll listen to their mess. You've, they've learned you'll listen to their negativity. Shut them down a couple of times. 
And then they'll move on from talking about the person they were talking to you about to talking to you about you to another person. <laughs> you think you ain't ever being talked about in those conversations when somebody else is there? Come on, wake up. That wasn't even in my notes. It's free. We need community. We need community. And while I'm here, let me go ahead and say this. We're getting ready to, to, to kick back off uh, our project 836, and we're going to be under the umbrella of, of uh, my mind just went blank, celebrate recovery because we want to be able to bring and present to the jails, parole officers, the courts. Uh, when they hear celebrate recovery, they say, oh, that's an established recovery program. And we're getting ready to kick it off. And we're going to need volunteers for that. We're going to need people that don't mind cooking. Uh, we're going to, that don't mind just being a, or being a welcoming hand or hug when they come in. But here's the thing. If you want to be a part of this leadership, we're going to ask you to walk through these 12 steps. Every leader has got to walk through these 12 steps with us. Why? Because you need to know what you're supporting. You need to know what, and we're going to be kicking that off September 19th in the fellowship hall starting promptly at, se at 7 p.m. And anybody see the new series we kick off next week? Yeah. Hostage. It's time to break free. It's time to break free. And listen, if you think this program is for people that have just got problem with pills, or you're sadly mistaken. We've got people, we've got guys like, like uh, Josh Unger who will tell, talk to you about what he has done for the anger that he had built up inside him and how God healed him from that. We have got people that, that, that suffer from depression. We've got people, I'm telling you that this is just a group that says, hey, you've got people that say, hey, me too. But this is what God did for me. I'm telling you, you want to be a part of this, sign it, fill out that Connect card, turn it in today, and we'll let you know how you can be a, another part. Another thing, men, I'm getting ready to start uh, around the same time that Denise and the ladies start their uh, Healing for Damaged Emotion. I'm going to do a Tuesday night class, a uh, Bible study. And we're going to walk through some books and walk through some things, but I'm limiting it. To, to so many men because I want us to be able to have quality time and be able to pour into each other. You want to be a part of that? You want more information? Sign up. But you need these relationships in your life. You need them. The third thing every great Disney movie has, a villain. Come on, anybody like the villain? I love a good bad guy. I do. I, I, I walk away from movies. I'm, I'm like, man, he was so good at that part. I hated him. And, but every one of them's got Beauty and the Beast. Who was the bad guy? Gaston, the Lion King. Snow White, Cinderella, and Tangled. The evil stepmoms. I'm, I'm wondering, did Walt Disney have something against stepmoms? Aladdin, it was. Hercules. Oh, man. We, who was that? Gavin, look at him. I think he was named after Hades. Uh, he's a little hellion. No, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> the, the little mermaid. Ursula. You've got uh, Peter Pan. Oh, and my favorite. 101 Dalmatians. Cruella Devil. Deville. Deville. Anybody remember the guy? And we talked about this during Incredibles. Uh, so if you were here... What, what was the bad guy in Incredibles 1? Syndrome. Syndrome. Can I tell you, 
you drop the drum off that, and that is the arch enemy that has been after our identity from day one, from the first time you took a breath. Sin has been after your identity. Sin has been after you to take you down, to destroy your life from day one. But the good news is God has not left us to ourselves. Come on now. Disney movies, though, man, they have some iconic villains. And I know some parents, well, it, I just don't see the need for, for it to, to expose our children. Here's what Disney, Walt, said, explained himself. I love this. He said, life is composed of lights and shadows. And we would be untruthful and sincere and saccharine if we tried to pretend there were no shadows. Most things are good, and they are the strongest things. But there are evil things, too. And you're not, you are not doing a child a favor by trying to shield him from reality. The important thing is to teach a child that good can always triumph over evil. There's always a bad guy. The Bible shows us that. I mean, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The bad guy. The evil one, the villain, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that they may have life, have it to the full. Anybody ever heard of a, a philosopher and, and uh, author, uh, G.K. Chesterton? I love his quotes. This, this is so good. It says this. He says, fairy tales that are not responsible for producing in children fear or any of the shapes of fear. Fairy tales do not give the child the idea of evil or the ugly. That is in the child already because it is in the world already. Fairy tales do not give the child his first idea of bogey, which is a European term for boogeyman. Get this. Fairy tales give the child his first clear idea of the possible defeat of bogey. The baby has known the dragon intimately ever since he had an imagination. What the fairy tale provides for him is a St. George to kill the dragon. And I love this last part. Fairy tales are more than true, not because they tell us that dragons exist, but because they tell us that dragons can be beaten. Come on now. Bad guys, monsters, evil, it exists in this world. It is, but the good news is they can't be beaten. I, I love what, look, look, in fact, Peter gives us this warning. 1 Peter 5, 8. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stay alert. The villain, the enemy. He's out to take you down. But then I, I love what Paul says about him in Romans 16, 20. He says, this is what's going to happen to that enemy. And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet. And the wonderful favor of our Lord Jesus will surround you. Yes, life is hard. Yes, life can be extremely tough. Yes, life can, is unfair. But you need to cling to the truth that ultimately God is going to come back and set things right. I love it. I love the way the message reads it. The message says it like this. The God of peace will come down on Satan with both feet, stomping him into the dirt. Enjoy the best of Jesus. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> In other words, God doesn't win by last second field goal. It's not like, oh, is he going to win? No, no. It's a massacre. God has already defeated the enemy. God has already won. It's not even going to be a close race. Come on now. Another thing you'll find in Disney movies. Let's move. 
the supernatural. Some say magic, but I thought, man, these people, you know, I don't know. But wherever you, the supernatural, it's in there. Whether, whatever you want to call it, whether it's maleficent casting a spell or sleeping beauty being awakened by true love's kiss. The supernatural. Here's what it reminds me of. It reminds me that there's a God who created this world. And if he so chooses, he can spend the very laws of nature that he created to do what his will needs to be done. Come on. He can command the sun to stand still. He can turn sticks into snakes. He can turn water into wine. He can make the ocean split down the middle and make it dry just like that for people to walk over. He can send fire down from heaven. He can make an iron axe head float. He can make the wind and waves shut up and be calm. He can bring dead people back to life. He can do whatever he wants to do because he's God. Mm. Next thing you see in every move, transformation. Personal change, growth. You know that the theme of personal growth and change and development show up in 26.4% of all Disney movies. Change, growth. Elsa, she learns to love. Simba becoming the leader he was destined to be. The Incredibles becoming incredible. The Beast and Beauty and the Beast transforms into a better prince. I mean, they, they, they all grow and change. And I believe that's one of the reasons why Disney movies resonate so much with our human condition. Because we all have something we want to change. We all want to believe that there's something different inside of us. Something better inside of us. And if you've ever felt disconnected between who you are, who you could be, I'm here to tell you. You can change. You can become that new thing. You can. Uh, The same hope gets echoed throughout the Bible. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Paul says, I'm not saying that I have all this together. That I've made it. But I'm well on my way. In other words, I'm changing. I'm being transformed. I'm reaching out for Christ who was so wondrously, wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the go where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. In other words, listen, I've not arrived. I know I've got a long way to go. But I'm going to keep transforming day after day, changing day after day until the day it comes when he comes against me. Transformation, change, another thing that every great movie has. Music. Come on. You've got a friend in me. (laughs) Pretty good, wasn't it? Circle of life. The circle of life. (laughs) Hey, Denise, when you you meet with her, I've got a few things. Hakuna Matata. Come on. You got... Can you feel the love? That's enough. Be our guest. Be our, come on. Or, or, or come on. Somebody, let's get this one stuck in your head. Uh, the, what? Let it go. Yeah, get stuck. you're welcome. That'll be in your head all day. You're welcome. We could go on and on. I mean, music, great music. Another thing, come on. Every great Disney movie, love romance in it. Uh, at some point in the movie, the hero or heroine may have to take, or no, I'm moving ahead. The next thing is risk. At some point, they have to take a risk. They have to do something to step out. They, and risk changes everything for them. The next thing, sacrifice. 
Characters sacrifice themselves for the ultimate good. Sound familiar? And finally, a happily ever after. Anybody had a tough week? Anybody had a tough month, year, few years? Denise and I attended a funeral a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Miranda Hamby's dad. I can guarantee you the past couple of weeks have been a tough week for her. Guarantee it. Tim Collins lost his brother a couple of weeks ago. Tragic accident. I guarantee you it's been a, co- a rough couple of weeks for him. Yesterday, I left the, the marriage conference and a good friend of mine had called me on Thursday. Uh, yeah, young lady I grew up with, um, went to school with her down in Chattanooga and her 23-year-old son took his life. I had to go attend that funeral. She's having a tough few days. She's going to have a tough few days. And she had called me. She said, Kelly, I called you because I remember having you pray for him years ago because he was diagnosed with bipolar. And, uh, and I just want to thank you for praying with him. And, just, and I prayed with her. Tough weeks. Denise and I have walked through lots of people in this church that have had tough things going on. You've walked through some tough things with us. When my dad passed, when my mom, her sickness over the past three months, y'all walked through some tough things. You know, I said, I remember I told Denise, I sat at the ER with mom about 10 days, two weeks ago over in Athens. And I thought to myself, I said, God, there is no dignity in this. There has to be more to this. This woman's lived there. God, and you know, and if you've never questioned God, I wonder if you've ever really walked with God. God doesn't get mad at you because you have questions. Are you hearing me? And we look at God, the world, the, the shape it's in. But then Paul said this in Romans 8. He says this, For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. Here's what I know. Here's what, what, what the Bible, what God says about our life, what he says about my mom's life, what he says about uh, the young man that, that I went to yesterday, Miranda's Ham, Hamby's dad, the, uh, Tim's brother is this. Death will not write the end of our story. God will write the end of the story. And I'm telling you, this, that bad decision will not write the end of your story. That divorce will not write the end of your story. That addiction will not write the end of your story. That, that depression will not write the end of your story. God will write the end of your story. I love Revelation 21, 3 through 5. He says, I heard a voice thunder from the throne. Look, look, God has moved into the neighborhood, making his home with men and women. They're his people. He's their God. He'll wipe every tear from their eyes. I love this. Death is gone for good. Tears gone. Crying gone. Pain gone. All the first order of things gone. The unthroned continued. Look, I am making everything new. Write it down. Each word is dependable and accurate. In other words, every happily ever after points to the day 
that you stand and God wraps his arms around you and says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have fought the fight. You have kept the faith. Come on in. Come on in. I'm telling you. I want to close with these last points. If I can get Bob or one of y'all to come up. Anybody grow up watching Winnie the Pooh? Come on, anybody like Winnie the Pooh? Come on, who was, who was, who was the most negative person in Winnie the Pooh? Oh, yes. Okay. Reminds me of about 20% of my church members. Uh, oh, oh, did that come out? I'm so sorry. Okay. I guess we'll have one service today. I don't know. I'm used to coming at 9. Now I've got to come at 10. No, no. There we go. Some of y'all thought that. Don't even lie. Come on now. What I would not consider one of Disney's greatest movies is uh, Pooh's Grand Adventure. Not a great movie. But there's a part where Christopher Robin is talking to Pooh. And this quote, is what I'm getting my three main points from today. And then I've added one at the end. It's this. You are braver than you believe. You're braver than you believe. Why? Because God is with you and God is for you. One of the most repeated phrases in the Bible, fear not or do not be afraid. And I hate to burst some of y'all's bubble today. Because I know the thing goes out, well, there are 365 fear knots in the Bible, one for every day of the year. That's simply not true. Uh, there's right at 103 in the original writing. But here's my point. If God said fear not once, that should be enough. But it's usually followed by what phrase? Fear not for I am with you. In other words, what's going on right now in your life? has every right to make you be afraid. What's happening in your life right now has every right to make you feel concerned, to feel worried. But what you need to remember, fear not, is this. I am with you. You're not walking through this alone. You're not in this situation alone. Fear not, for I am with you. Second thing that he says to Pooh is this. And you are stronger than you seem. No show of hands. If you're feeling at the end of your rope, like you don't know if you can go another day. Maybe it's your marriage. I, Kelly, I don't know if I can go one more day in this marriage. I don't know if I can take it one more day in this life. And you're feeling whooped. You're feeling beat. What God would say to you is what he said to Paul. My grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I, Paul says, so I will celebrate my weaknesses for when I am weak, he is strong. You're stronger than you seem. Not through your own strength, but through the one that died on the cross for you. Paul said this, he said, the same power of the right raised Christ from the dead lives in us. That's a lot of power. You're stronger than you seem. Third, you're smarter than you think. Past couple of weeks, man, I've 
really been trying to make a decision about a conversation I know I need to have and about some things that I know need to happen. And I've been praying. I've had to remind myself, Kelly, you've got the mind of Christ. You've got the mind of Christ. Tune into that. You, you've got the mind of Christ. And, and, and I've really been led because it's those situations, man, I want to have the mind of Christ. I need to have the mind of Christ. I cannot go in a situation with my emotions. You know what I mean? I want to have the mind of Christ. You're smarter than you think. Christopher Robin looked at Paul and, or Pooh and he said, you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, smarter than you think. Can I add one more? He didn't say this to him, but I want to say it to you. You are more loved than you know. More love than you know. Most every Disney movie that we looked at dealt with identity. Knowing who you are. Why is that important, Kelly? Why, why is it so important? Because what you do flows out of who you are. What you do. If you've been told and your identity has become what you were told, you're good for nothing, you're this, guess what's going to flow out of you? That attitude. And God wants to change that up for some of you today. God wants to know you, you to know this. Hey, you are braver than you believe. Hey, you are stronger than you seem. Hey, you are smarter than you think. And you need to know you are more loved than you know. You need to know who you are. I was listening. I'm, I'm close. This is a Stephen Furtick message a few weeks ago. A man, he was talking about a time in his ministry where um, he said, I was overwhelmed church had grown. He said, I'm overwhelmed. And, and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm just, he said, so I began to frustrate my feelings or ver verbalize my feelings to my, his wife, Holly. And he said, I'm not the pastor these people need. He said, without blinking an eye, Holly didn't hesitate. She looked back at him and says, but you're the one they got. Now, Denise has never used those words with me, but I can tell you on more than one occasion, I've, occasion I've said, I'm not the pastor these people need. But you're the one they got. You're the one God gave them. And I hope you know I'm speaking to you. You may say, I'm not the parent they need. You're the one they got. You're the one God gave them. I'm not the teacher these kids need. You're the one they got. Are you hearing me? I'm not the husband. I'm not the wife that they need. You're the one they got. You're the one that God gave to them. What are you going to do with it? Because in reality, you need, and what happens, we lose our identity and we start believing, no, I'm not the pastor they need. I'm going to find me a job. I'm convinced God has not given me He's not enabled me to be good at anything else but talking. Because there have been times I'd be like, hey, hey, can, I, can we sell houses? Can we flip houses? Hey, can, I, is there a gar garbage truck? Let's get on. God said, no, no, no. This is who you are, Kelly. And you're braver than you believe. You're stronger than you see. And you're smarter than you think. And 
I want you to remember you are more loved than you know. Stand up with me across the